Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now this week we have a bit of a theme, it's about growing in pots. Something I started to move away from but this year seem to have moved back into. But that's coming up a little bit later on. Before that, let's find out what I've been up to with the diary. It is the 10th of July 2022. It is a Saturday and I started on call last night, unfortunately. And this meant that I got called out last night, came home, managed to find a bit of time to do a little bit of gardening in between, taking it easy because it is so hot today. And then I've just been called out and I'm not going to get back till late tonight, which ruins my plans because I was hoping to go down the allotment early tomorrow morning. But I'm getting a bit ahead of myself there. We want to find out what I've been up to today. First of all, when I got home from work last night, for the last two weeks since we got Hawkins and Gertie, the new chickens, we had separated from Bear, the original chicken, Uh, Although they were in close contact with each other, I basically separated the newer area of the chicken run from the older area just to keep them apart. But they could still see each other, they could still sort of smell each other, etc, etc. The idea behind this is I was going to give them two weeks for them to acclimatise to each other before letting them really intermingle. And this worked really really well actually. Last night I opened up the two areas to let them intermingle. And the reason I was separating them is that chickens tend to fight. They have a pecking order that needs to be established. And Bear, of course, being the older chicken, is going to be the top hen. So I opened them up last night and there was a little bit of pecking. Nothing too serious. Pecking and exerting Bear's dominance over the other two. And this has carried on today. But on a whole, they seem to be integrating quite nicely together. Now, I don't think they'll sleep together just yet. They didn't last night. I think that will take time before they are both in the same overnight house. But I think this has been a good step and we'll keep a close eye on how things move forward. Now, as I said, I was at work this morning. When I came home from work, I uh, it was rather warm. But last week I cleared out a load of weeds in our front garden, but we've had mare's tail pop up. Mare's tail is particularly a nasty weed. It's, it sort of looks like a fern or almost like an asparagus when it's just started to get a bit too long. A very, um, very interesting plant. It's meant to be incredibly difficult to kill and it's popping up in our garden. So I hit it with some boiling hot water and I want to see if that will kill it off. Luckily it's quite small at the moment and I've got to, if I can keep on top of it, if it does work anyway, we'll see how it goes moving forward. I like this hot water, I've used it quite often. Um, A great way just to kill off any weeds in patios and paths, I said this in my hacks, really is a great way to kill off a lot of those plants. Now apart from that I went out into the back garden and I harvested quite a few tomatoes they've started to really come into their own absolutely delicious these are only the small tomatoes the cherry tomatoes the the ones from the hanging baskets in the greenhouse but you know what it's so worth it because they taste absolutely delicious 
so well are pleased with getting those we've uh, did a bit more weeding and trying to kill out kill, clear out particular difficult weeds that we have for example down the back of our garden we have this buddleia sort of seeded itself but it's getting rather large and i keep cutting it back to try and get rid of it and that's one of the problem plants that we have in this garden but uh, overall got to say the garden is coming together with uh, three beds that we have and space for the fourth bed to be built everything is just feeling like it's starting to come together now and we may even be adding new beds in the not too distant future now added to that of course in the patio garden and even the balcony garden and front garden we've been using pots quite a lot and because i'm expanding my garden what i've found is that in garden centers and high street garden shops there has been some discount plants for sale and i've brought those this week we've got some red currants we've got some white currants and we've got some raspberries and these are all designated to go into pots and because of that i thought i'll talk a little bit about growing in pots well with the addition of these new plants i thought it's the ideal chance to talk about how i set my pots up and how i grow these plants in pots now i'm i'm i I was moving away from growing plants in pots if i'm honest i would get much better results and less work by growing plants in the ground but what i've discovered we've experimented with these different styles of gardening is that pots come into their own particularly in our front garden or in our patio garden and the other reason that i want to grow some pots in plants is that what i've discovered on the allotment where i have some rather well inherited currant bushes and gooseberry bushes i find them rather difficult to be able to keep them weed free and I'm thinking of starting again in some ways, which is why I want some new currant bushes or, uh, or various fruit bushes in pots so I can start again. Now, we usually have the choice between two different types of pots, plastic or terracotta. I much prefer terracotta especially if they are glazed i think they look better they're better for the environment they are well i just feel terracotta are better the downside is that they do tend to dry out more and that's where plastic can be a little bit on the better side added to that plastic pots are also usually cheaper i have a mixture of the two and what I try and do is just use whatever pot I really need to use. I like to try and grow in a bigger pot as possible. And these few plants that I'm planting up today are going into 12 inch pots. So that's 30 centimetres pots. They will need to go and sink a bit bigger as they grow on. And uh, we'll see what happens as they go, of course. Now we've selected the pots that we want to use, we are going to need some compost. Now I've just used ordinary multi-purpose peat-free compost. The jury is still deciding what compost we're going to use. In the past I've used B&Q, which has always impressed me. But now I'm starting to feel that the B&Q, based on the experiment we're doing on the allotment, the B&Q isn't as good as it used to be. It might just be a one-off. So the compost I'm actually using is New Horizon. And into that, I've mixed some biochar. And 
I like biochar. It's basically charcoal. But what I find with the biochar is it acts as like a sponge and holds on to water and holds on to nutrients. One of the biggest problems that we have with growing in pots is that they tend to dry out quick and the nutrients get washed out quick too. So we have to replenish those quite often. And I find biochar works very well. First of all, we put a crock in the bottom to cover the hole on the very bottom. I'm using terracotta pots for this. And what I have, when I get a pot that's broken, I throw the broken parts into a bin that I then just use for crocks as and when I need them. This is something that I do because I don't like throwing anything out. A broken pot, I still feel, is useful. And I just use a single piece, place it over the hole, and fill it up with compost and then I plant my plant into that compost. Give it a good watering and it should soon start establishing. Now we are heading into some really hot weather so what I like to do with my pots, all of them, all my pots, is I put them on a gravel tray, a really big gravel tray. That way where the water runs through, the gravel tray will hold onto the water for a little bit longer and encourage the plants to take up that water a little bit better and give especially if we water overnight give the plants to have a really good drink overnight now what can we grow in pots pretty much anything can be grown in pot i'm planting out these white currant and red currant bushes today and we're also doing raspberries as well so there's quite a choice that we can do in the pots in other pots i've got blueberries I've also got bananas, I've got pretty much anything you can imagine, even trees in some cases. So pretty much anything can be grown in a pot. When it comes to trees, however, we do have to think about the rootstock. And I think I've discussed that in the past. Now, I mentioned that nutrients do get washed out and water does run off quite quickly. As I said, I put the water into trays to help hold on to that for a little bit longer. I would also recommend adding a mulch to hold onto the water as well. Grass clippings or anything like that. Straw can work. Even stone chippings work quite nicely as well and are meant to be quite attractive. I'm not keen on them myself, but stone chippings can work. But nutrients, they're the difficult one. Nutrients, I... I can add grow more every now and then to the top and that will slowly release into the soil. That works out quite nicely. Also liquid feeds, of course, as well. We just have to remember to try and feed them a little bit more regularly. And about once a year, what I also like to do is scratch off the top about two and a half centimetres of soil and replenish that with fresh compost. That way it helps just one, keep the weeds down and two, add some extra nutrients into that ground as well. As I say, growing in pots, it's not so easy to get nutrients into the ground, but liquid feeds are probably the way forward. Now, one final thing I do want to add. I mentioned blueberries earlier and blueberries prefer ericaceous soil, which is more acidic. And... 
I find blueberries do better in pots for that very reason because it's easier just to use irrigation soil to maintain that pH. Another example of this would be cranberries, which I've, I don't have a cranberry plant anymore. It's something I might look at adding in the not too distant future. But by growing these in pots, an irrigation soil just works so much better. Now, of course, we're not just limited to bushes and fruits, etc., etc. There's a whole host of things that can be grown in pots. Potatoes, lettuce, anything you can imagine is possible in pots. So just please do give it a try. And especially if you have, like myself, the patio garden, the front garden, somewhere where it's not so easy to get to the ground, look at growing pots as a way of expanding the amount of food that you are growing. Right, let's get back to the garden. It is Sunday the 10th of July 2022 and it's half nine at night and you find me down on the alignment. It's just getting dark and um, I've had to come down here tonight. I finished my live show this evening that we do every Sunday at 6pm UK time but I'm down here on the allotment after that just to try and do some watering and a bit of weeding. It has been way too hot today way too hot so I've had to try and just use this cooler time to tackle what I need to do and weeding and watering is about it. Now I have read on the weather reports that this week is going to be very hot in the UK and I urge everyone out there you know if don't try and garden during the hot weather when it's too hot look after yourselves drink plenty of water stay in the shade do not get sunstroke or heat strike I've had it myself it's not pleasant at all the garden will still be there after but if you do have to garden go for the cooler times of a day and i find that in the evening that is the best time at the moment six o'clock in the morning is still quite warm i found but nine o'clock at night it's just cooled down quite nicely and we can get on and do a few bits so what i've been doing today as i said weeding and watering making sure the entire allotment is well watered and try and get clear of as many weeds as possible. I would like to get the strimmer and the lawnmower out, but time wasn't on my side for that. Hopefully this week I can come down after work and just try and tackle those few bits instead. Um, we are expecting, oh I am expecting another plot inspection this week. I've worked it out, it's about four weeks since the last one, so with any luck it'll be okay for that. I always get worried about plot inspections these days. I don't know why. They just seem to bother me. It's that, that thing they're looking over your shoulder and checking on what you're doing. Now, I have harvested quite a few items this week. We've harvested some blackberries, which are absolutely delicious. Again, more and more blackberries. We've harvested some black currants, some red currants, and a lot more raspberries and not forgetting a lot of our mustards and other things like that. So we're getting quite a bit of food coming at the moment. I'm really, really happy with how much food we're getting in. Just got to find ways now to use them up. Now, finally, in my granddad's greenhouse that I have here on the allotment, I have uh, well set up with what I call some wicking beds and what they are just rectangular plastic boxes i drilled a hole on the side about an inch from the bottom filled with compost and i grow tomatoes in that and they're performing really really well and they don't need a huge amount of watering because of these wicking beds 
But the trouble with wicking beds that I've built here is they're not the most attractive things. However, I have seen a company recently that has produced some pots that look rather attractive and they're based on this similar solar thing. And I've had a chat with one of the guys selling these items and that's coming up right now. Well, I'm joined today by Nick from Green Smart Pots. Nick, welcome to the VegGrow podcast. Hi, Richard. Now, can you tell us a bit about Green Smart Pots? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've been in for the past three or four days explaining uh, what our pod is about. Uh, and it's nothing but simple, Richard, I suppose, if the truth be known. It's a self-watering planter to grow your vegetables and herbs in. So it's perfect for that gardener wanting to have a go. Um, maybe that's children, family right through to the more experienced gardener wanting to line up sort of 10 or 15 of these and grow tomatoes on a, a commercial scale. And um, it's a really impressive piece of kit. Um, it's large enough to grow like three tomato plants in. Um, and the tub itself is filled up with water at the side. Uh, mm-hmm. And this overflow holds in the side of the pot a third of the way up. And that means that the pot is impossible to be overwatered but it retains around a bank of 20-odd litres of water sat in the bottom of the pot. And then the floor system sat inside the pot allows the root system to sit through the mesh and draw from the 20-odd litres of water uh, that is sat beneath the, uh, the root system. So, yeah, it's really simple and straightforward. So it's a type of wicking system it creates where the, the water is wicked up through the compost to the plants yeah. from this underground yeah. reservoir, as I like to yeah, call them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, the, the wicking system, the capillary action, you know, people talk around different uh, variations of how that works. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, you basically put around a full bag of compost inside the uh, the top of the pot. Uh, that's around 60 litres of, of, of compost, uh, generally speaking. And then you would typically uh, put your seed in and then probably give them a little bit of top watering to help them on their way and once the roots are established and tapped down again that wick system that you refer to mm-hmm. will begin drawing from the water from the bottom upwards so yeah so it's highly efficient and i've got to say looking at them they look pretty 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 Thank you. Yeah, you you wouldn't be the first to actually mention that, and we do get stopped around, um, you know, talking around the, the you know the aesthetics, um, which has to be spoken for. Really, you know, we we have to consider that, and we have considered that in the design of the green smart pot. So they are aesthetically pleasing, but you know, a lot of people sometimes are looking on, thinking, "Oh, that's a nice big tub to put my tomato plants in. That'll work well." But when we hold their hand and just ask them to look at the discrete overflow holes that sit a third of the way up the tub there people really the penny really starts to drop about what this pot's capable of and to back that up we have these pots that are used as props i know i'm growing mint here which is super easy to grow and i've got some lettuce to the left of me but you can see yourself that the 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 proof's in the pudding oh yeah yeah so uh, the mint in one of the pots is very very green and luscious i'm looking at it now just describing this yeah very very luscious it's looking better than my mint at home in the belfast sink to be honest but i know when when plants have a good supply of water they do hold on to that luscious leafy growth totally totally and one of the things i've learned richard in quite a short space of time i suppose as well that a number of plants out there i believe basil to be one of them really enjoy drawing water from the bottom Mm. up rather than the top down yeah and so you know you see really really strong root systems but really really good you know organic 
vastly grown sort of leaves on, on, on the top of the surface. Um, so yeah, what we, I suppose what we're creating in a way is, is what planet Earth does really, you know, the, the, there's water sat in the land that naturally the root yeah. systems draw off and, you know, one could argue that that is what a green smart, a green smart pot mimics and, uh, but it's very, very simply done. And you are actually, we, we were talking earlier about the flute system at the side where you can fill the, um, the, the, the tub up with water. You're actually able to pivot that uh, flute system around and dump all the water out. So if you wanted to uh, move the pot, uh, you could dump the 20-odd litres of water and physically move the pot around. That's not too difficult to do. If you wanted to freshen the water up in there or perhaps use some kind of tomato feed, that is, of course, doable through the same method of turning that flute system around dumping the water and just refilling it back up. But, yeah, you, you can see for yourself, it's always great when we're at shows like this to have... Um, props on hand and and demonstrate that the system works uh, you know the way the way it does do so yeah, yeah yeah now i did reference how pretty they look earlier and i'm just sort of thinking to the listener listening at home we should describe what they actually look like just the pots on their own now i can see they come in three colors here today that's correct yeah, yeah. green white and black yeah cream white uh, cream cream uh cream sorry cream black and green yeah. yeah, they're the three colours. They're yeah. the three colours. Um, and to me, I, I liken them to almost looking at similar to the type of metal tubs we sometimes see in antique yeah. shops. Because they, they've got that sort of... That aesthetically aesthetic. sort of distorted sort of feel about it. And we, we have been uh, noted for that, that, you know, the aesthetics of it, sort of that, that sort of rusticy matte look feel on the colours. The actual length of the pot, you were talking about the actual size, Richard, a minute or two ago there. And it's probably worth capturing uh, on this interview. So you've got the, the, the pot in size for anybody listening to this podcast. 73, just over 73 centimetres in length. So that's about three quarters of a metre. Um, we're talking about a width of 43 centimetres, around 43 to 44 centimetres, and a height or a depth, whichever the way you want to look at that, of 30 centimetres. And so there's, there's ample enough space in there to, to you know, really grow an abundance of herbs or vegetables, you know, as I said, right from that, that novice kind of gardener right yeah. through to the professional gardener. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. And it's no, I don't think there's going to be any restriction on the size of the plants you can grow in that probably won't be able to grow an apple tree or something like that in it it's fair, funny you say that because we actually in every single sale uh, we do include a little instruction booklet that's just a two-page a5 leaflet and we do include uh, recommendations of how many of what you can grow and i think first on the list is one lemon tree and so um you know you you can enjoy growing uh, lemons kiwis um an apple tree I don't think has made the grade, although there's no reason why you couldn't uh, have a go with that. In fact, if you just bear with me a second, I can probably... There we go, I'm back. I've got the, uh, I've got the leaflet in tow here. So we've got limes, we've got lemons, we've got kale, fennel, potatoes... Spanish onions, basil, um, and the list goes on. You can see for yourself there. And so, you know, anything from the common three tomato plants right through to a sort of single lemon tree. So, yeah. Yeah, so you thought of that in... in quite a bit of detail with that booklet as well it's, it's a great guide for for you know that that novice kind of gardener that's considering going away and growing their own uh, and it's a guideline and and we like to include that because we we recognize that you know people are kind of the kind of grow your own uh, topic is 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 fastly coming out of the ground yeah. and it's growing pardon the pun but it, it, it is it is fastly growing 
uh, it's sustainable. Uh, you know, buying mint from the supermarket is one thing, but growing your own is very, very easy to do. And we, we, we could use a lot of it if it was on hand. And so having that recommendation or guideline included in the instructions, which is thrown in with every sale of a green smart pot, gives people a bit of confidence just to literally go home, buy that bag of compost, fill the pot up with water, get the compost in there, plant up what they're doing, and the rest of it's pretty simple from there onwards. Yeah. I mean, I can see these looking good in a, a patio garden, a balcony garden, anywhere that's small space, but right up to the bigger allotments as well. I can see yeah. them looking great in that. Yeah, it's funny. We've, we've had sales from all of those avenues. Over, We've, we've been at the BBC Gardener's World uh, live show last week. Um, we're here at Glee uh, this week, and, and we'll be quickly on our way down to the Hampton Court show at the, for the Royal Horticulture Society, uh, Hampton Court, uh, next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be... Um, you know, we'll, we'll be talking around all those benefits of, of the pod again at those shows and uh, hopefully continuing seeing, seeing the success. Fantastic. So if anybody wants to find out more and possibly even purchase one, where do they head to? Yeah, so they can they can visit greensmartpots.eu as our website or they can visit Instagram uh, and drop us a message on there where we can take control of your order by directly getting in touch with us. Uh, if you Google greensmartpots.eu, um, it's more than likely that that email is going to come through to me. I'm Nick, uh, Nick Harrison, um, or you can give me a call. Um, you know, there's, a, there's contact numbers on there or the info at... Uh, email address on our website um, there's various angles of, of where you can purchase the pot but perhaps our website's a great place to start so greensmartpots.eu that's pots with the s on the end all one word greensmartpots.eu and uh, yeah the retail price of the actual pot which is probably worth mentioning is 39.99 um, three different colors which we captured great load of space it's good fun it's a great place to start to to to, to grow your own yeah. and uh, you know grow your own is, is you know becoming a much bigger thing now so we're playing a big part of that so yeah. I should just say that price is at the time of recording just in case in yeah 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 we're since. at the back end of June now 30th of June and so we'll uh, you know that, that that is possibly subject to change but not in the f- f- immediate future fantastic fantastic um, right well thank you so much for chatting with us today yeah no yeah. worries Richard it's been delightful for you to pass by the stand and I hope we've uh, you know given you a further insight to Green Smart Pots and, and thanks to all your podcast listeners for you know taking a listen to us and uh, yeah check us out and uh, you know any messages or anything like that please get in touch and we'll uh, we'll help you out lovely thanks a lot thank you very much cheers cheers bye bye It is Monday, the 11th of July, 2022. Today I'm just in my kitchen and finishing off what we're this week's podcast. So we, we we another hot day today, so I have not done much in the way of gardening, so I haven't got to the allotment. Uh, it's going to be hot all week, and as I said yesterday, just gardening the cooler parts of a day. Look after yourself. Look after, I certainly will be looking after myself. You know, it's not worth it. Just not worth it but i have done some watering outside and that the plants really do need a good drink particularly my peach tree which is just waiting for those peaches to be ready before we harvest those and they are a good year for peaches i can say that some really nice big peaches now we always like to end the week with a recipe and all i've got for you this week is blackcurrant jelly we've harvested so many black currants this week that i had to do something with them so i got them home i used a fork and just ripped 
some basically using a fork ripped them off the branches gave them a good wash and then put all the blackberry currants into a pan with a bit of water and warmed them brought them to the boil and then just simmered for 20 minutes until all the blackberries were nice and mushy what I then did was I got to be some muslin and strained through that liquid overnight through the muslin into a, a, a container below to save all the juice. With that liquid for each 500 mils I've added 500 mils of sugar, put them both into a pan and brought them to a boil at 104 degrees C or a jam, a real good rolling boil. Held it there for a few minutes and then I've poured that into sterilised jars and there we go. We've got blackcurrant jelly ready and waiting for us to eat. I love blackcurrant jelly. This is not necessarily a meal, but it's using up our product that we have. I love blackcurrant jelly. Absolutely delicious. And uh, I'm so delighted to be able to have made it this year. It's one that I've not made before. Right, well that brings up this podcast to an end. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope it has been of some value to you. If it has, then please do leave us a review on your podcast service. Alternatively, please do consider joining the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. To be a member of that, head to the VegGrowPodcast.co.uk and sign up there. I charge just £5 a month and you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door every month. If you want to get in touch, my email is richard at vegrowpodcast.co.uk um, or you can head to the uk, leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post or leave me a voicemail. It'd be good to get some more voicemails coming in if anybody is available to leave a voicemail. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, any platform, just search for the Veg Grower Podcast. Well, that is it for this week. We'll be back again next time. So until then, please take care.